What is going on? It is that time. It is the mock draft episode. I'm almost as excited about this as I am for the actual draft. Um, there's only two of us today, or right now. I mean, another one's going to be joining probably during the intro video. We'll get them up there, if not a little shortly after. But we did our mock draft uh, early, so you guys, there's not going to be a delay while we think about who we want. It's already done. We're just going to tell you why we picked these guys, why we think it's a fit. Sully's going to go over his mock draft that he did on his own, kind of how who he has, because uh, we only did two trades here. We'll talk about that. Uh, after and there the obviously will be much more. So the, Way more, yeah. yeah. So let me hit the intro here, and we will get right into what everybody is waiting for. <laughs> Jordan. What's up, everybody? Infinity Sports in the house, doing our most draft. And, you know, a little insight into how we did this. We both said, or we all said, listen, numbers one and two, they're set in stone. So the three of us, we're just going to pick 10 picks each from three through 32. And uh, we still have the two picks. We'll go over them. We'll go over why we think that's going to happen and why it's a good fit and whatnot. Uh, there was discussion about whether or not we should have trades in this draft. I know one of us didn't want trades. The other two did. And uh, it became... We'll get into it when it comes up, but I do think Sully had a little bit of uh, you know vindictiveness in some of his trades, um, which is fine. It I, it burned me the first time, but it made me laugh the second time. So uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. They've got the first overall pick. I don't think there's any doubt where they're going, but the pick is in. And Sully, who are the Jacksonville Jaguars taking? The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Justin Fields. I I'm just joking, <laughs> folks. Come on now. It's Trevor Lawrence. It's been Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick uh, when he uh, came, came, went to Clemson his, his freshman year. Everybody knew he was going to be the number one pick. Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic situation, I think, for Trevor Lawrence uh, and the Jaguars, obviously. Um, I truly do think he's going to be uh, pretty tailor-made for uh, Urban Meyer's system there. Um, there isn't a lot that he won't be able to do uh, in that system. And, you know, I know people are worried he didn't really run a huge pro-style offense at Clemson. But, I mean, it, let's be fair. The, the, the NFL is kind of evolving into this, you know, kind of read game um, and, and adopting some schemes from college. And, and I think he has the talent to kind of prove that over, and, and he'll be totally fine there in Jacksonville. Now, the NFL.com, they came out with a report today that said that Urban Meyer, they weren't 100% committed on Trevor Lawrence. They wanted to interview him, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones, all of them. They said, you know, that those interviews are going to determine which way we go. I just don't think, it, if, if for whatever reason they decide Justin Fields is a guy or whoever, there's no way they take him at one, right? I mean, you trade that pick if you're not taking him. If you don't take Trevor Lawrence at one, you have to trade it for the biggest ransom you've ever gotten in your life. I mean, I, I would trade, <clears throat> truthfully, I trade the next three drafts for Trevor Lawrence if, if I was an NFL franchise. I mean, the first, take them all. Take every pick I have in the next three drafts. 
uh, I'll take Trevor Lawrence, and I'll uh, especially if I'm a team like New England, for sure. I'll give you one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three in the next three drafts, and, and I, we'll be fine. Um, he's that good. Um, that's the thing is if you if you feel like you don't like him to be your number one pick, you have to move out. You can't take anybody else there. Well, Nick joins the show just in time for pick number. Uh, I got to move everybody around. Uh, pick number two, actually. So uh, we've mentioned. Now you're okay. We're good. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned at the start that obviously, uh, you know, the first two are set in stone, but I figured uh, New York Jets are on the clock. The Jaguars just selected Trevor Lawrence. So the pick is in. Nick, who are the Jets taking with the second overall pick? Um, well, this is going to come as a surprise to many, but uh, New York, the New York Jets are going to be taking Zach Wilson. Uh, from BYU, <laughs> so so who to thunk, right? Traded Sam Darnold, going to uh, riding it out with Zach Wilson. Should be interesting how this pans out. Um, he's going to have the same talent around him that uh, Sam Darnold has, but the kid's got a ton of potential. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it's a no brainer. This guy's going number two. I think as soon as they traded Darnold, I feel like that sealed yep. the fate. No, I say it's a no-brainer, but I think that there's still talk that the New York Jets could go Justin Fields number two. Uh, I don't know, Sully, if you think that's a possibility still. I don't. I mean, anything can ever always happen, but I don't don't see it happening. Um, I just think there really isn't anything Justin Fields does better than than Zach Wilson. I mean, he's he's slightly more accurate, but I mean – I actually think Zach Wilson's maybe a better runner, to be to be truthfully honest, and he's definitely a better thrower uh, outside the pocket and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think it'd be difficult. You know, I, I really like what Robert Salah is doing in 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 New York. There, I think he's genuinely going to change, be able to change the culture. And you know, a, a quarterback is the linchpin of that. It's it's you know essentially what drives that whole thing. And Zach Wilson's got to be the pick here, in my opinion. And I don't think he sits, right? I mean, he starts day one, doesn't he? I would assume so. I mean, he'd have to have a pretty terrible camp to not start right away. Um, I'd start him right away. <clears throat> you know, the rest of the draft, you know, the way it's playing out, I think I have them being one of the more aggressive aggressive teams and moving up and taking a tackle. Um, and then so I, I think they're going to be able to to do a lot of good things in this draft. So. Well, the 49ers pick next, and everyone's agreeing this is where the draft actually starts because the 49ers are playing it pretty close to the vest. We know they're taking a quarterback. That's not up for debate. But it's a question of which quarterback are they taking. So the pick is in. Who did they take in our mock draft? The New York – not New York Jets. The uh, San Francisco 49ers chose Mac Jones. Um, I would be surprised here. I, I picked Mac Jones just because there's so much smoke around Mac Jones. And now reports are coming out that Kyle Shanahan wants Mac Jones. The scouting department wants Trey Lance. But I feel like in that situation, the coach is the one that's going to win out because he's the guy that's coaching the team. Like You're not going to listen to your head scout over the coach, are you? I mean, you pay the scout for one reason. You pay the scout to scout the player, You don't, and you pay the coach to coach the player. You don't pay the coach to scout the player. Um, so I, I don't know. It kind of depends. You know, I, I assume they're all going to get in a room and figure it out. The betting favorite says Mac Jones. Um, but again, this would be a situation where a coach would be deciding. He'd be saying, my system is more important than the quarterback here. Because you're there's not really you're going to look at Mac Jones other than processing. You're not really going to have him really doing anything better than than Trey Lance. 
Um, I mean, he's more accurate. So he's more accurate, and, and, he, and he processes the game faster. Outside of that, Trey Lance has every other quality you're looking for in a quarterback, so you would think Mike Shanahan could make him good in his system, especially because of the running ability he has over Mac Jones would fit this system better. But, again, if 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 Kyle Shanahan just wants a guy to do that, go out there, process the open receiver, get ball to open receiver, um, my system will do the rest, essentially. You don't have to make plays. My system will be the playmaker. Then, I, I mean, I, I think Mac Jones is a great fit, um, but I, I don't love it. I, I don't love Mac Jones there. I don't have Mac Jones as, as this great talent that everybody sees him as, if I'm being honest. You know, I've got him ranked in the 20s, you know, in, as a prospect, so I couldn't see taking him at three, in my opinion. Yeah, I have, Trey, I have Trey Lance going three in, yeah. in my draft. I'd be shocked. I mean, he makes sense in San Francisco. Don't get me wrong, but he makes sense in San Francisco at like 15 to 20. He doesn't make sense in San Francisco as a number three pick. That, I mean, the Jets, that's the big it, thing is stay at 12. If you if right. you love Mac Jones, don't give up right. three first rounders. If you love Mac Jones, it is it right. is I guess, I mean, I agree with Nick there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, when we were doing the draft, uh, Nick did not like this pick, um, no. <laughs> but but it seems like that's what they're going to do. I mean, I really think that that's the way they're going to go. I mean, it's just that's. I mean, they are. They are. I mean, that's a. It's not a gamble. It's a safe pick. But I don't know that trading up to three is is what you do with a safe pick. You're looking for a franchise quarterback at that pick, and I think Mac Jones again, like with the right system around, he can win you. He, I mean, he'll he'll win. And he's not going to, you know, he's not going to force balls in bad situations. He's not going to turn the ball over much. He's going to be elite, elite as a short passer, anything inside pretty much 15 yards. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the draft, not Trevor Lawrence, not named Trevor Lawrence, of course. But I just, I don't know. I don't know that you can justify trading up to three for Mac Jones. I just, that's crazier than Danny Dimes going to the Giants a couple years ago and them trading up to, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, I think that's it's crazy close. going to three. It's close. It's close. I mean, here's 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 the argument I have is is why not wait it out? I guess I, I waiting it out maybe a bad bad word. Why not like seven if you really want right, to right, go to seven? Right. Um, I, I like. Do we really think Mac Jones is is the third quarterback off the board? And and San Francisco may have believed that. Um, but I, I don't know. I I personally don't see any. Trey Lance just fits their scheme to a T, in my opinion, and and is so much more talented. So, but well, they're not they're not hurting for a quarterback either. I mean, Jimmy G is a capable pro quarterback. Health has always been his question. Yeah, and I don't think that they traded up to get Mac Jones. I think they traded up to get a quarterback, and then they were doing their analysis, and I think they kind of fell in the match. But trade that would seven be or a terrible. That would be, I think, yeah. a terrible like way to do business because then because you have to also understand what the rest of the league does and what how the rest of the league views these players if the rest of the league doesn't view mac jones as the as the overall third best quarterback then why move up to three and grab him you moved up to three because you specifically had a guy in mind that you were in love with and that you wanted and and that's the only reason you move three first rounders to to get to three otherwise move a first and a third and get to seven you know what I mean? Like, like you don't have to move. You don't have to mortgage your future at that point. That's what makes it so hard for me is because they mortgage their future now to get their guy. And if their guy is Mac Jones, then why not get him at seven? So, yeah. Well, the fourth pick, which has been shopped around quite a bit, was the Atlanta Falcons. And this is Nick's first pick in our mock draft. So the pick is in. 
Who are the Atlanta Falcons taking at number four? I have the Atlanta Falcons taking the best receiver in the class. That receiver's Kyle Pitts, tight end out of the University of Florida. Um, I wasn't – ironically enough, when we when we went through this mock draft and I made that pick, I wasn't sure because Atlanta could go quarterback, right? But now with the Julio Jones trade rumors that are popping up here and there, I mean, you want to talk about an elite-type receiver that can replace a Julio Jones even at the tight end position? You're talking about Kyle Pitts. He is going to redefine the position of tight end. He is in a stacked wide receiver class, the best receiving option of this class at the tight end position. He's a matchup nightmare. You can't cover him with a linebacker. You can't cover him with smaller corners or safeties are not going to be quick enough for him. He is going to eat up NFL defenses and why not pair him with a guy like Matt Ryan? So I'm curious, Sully, who you have in your mock draft at four, because like, what are the chances that the Falcons take Matt Ryan's successor here? Um, I think it's I think it's pretty high, but I, I have Kyle Pitts as well, and it's truly because of Arthur Smith, the, the new coach. He right. loves tight ends. I mean, he wants to feature his tight end in the offense. That's what he wants to do. Um, so it, it really just makes way too much sense here. If it if it was another team or another coach and another system at four, I mean, I I would think you've got to go quarterback here because. When do you expect to pick in the top five again? And when is there going to be a quarterback like Justin Fields or Trey Lance available at number four? I mean, they go number one in most drafts, you know, so uh, it's 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 going to be hard to do it. But but I truly do think this is a team and a roster that, that feels like they're capable of winning right now. And if they can can get a guy like Kyle Pitts, who I think, again, Arthur Smith is going to absolutely swoon over. I mean, so I, I think that's kind of the tipping factor. If you do get um, Kyle Pitts, then why move Julio? I mean, it seems have him cap Ridley space. in cap space. Yeah, they don't yeah. have the cap room, and they got to sign. That's why a lot of teams, a lot of people, are predicting them to trade back. The, 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 even if they go back to nine, the cap space they save is huge. So, and, and it's cheaper. Once you get out of even further, it's cheaper to have like three or four guys that are out of the top 10 than it is to have one top 10 guy just because right. of the way the rookie paid scale is or the way the rookie wage scale is written. Um, so but I mean, if if they move to Leo, you, you would have to think they still can probably get a first for him. Um, if not a very early second from somebody like Jacksonville or the Jets or something like that. Um, and so then again, you could turn that into something I think very useful as well. So I just think, again, Arthur Smith is, I mean, literally fantasizes about a tight end like Kyle Pitts at night in his offense. And now he has the chance to get one. I don't think he'll be able to pass. I think it's going to be very difficult for him to move that pick as well, because you think about if you're moving up to four from anywhere, you're probably moving up to take a quarterback unless you're just trying to like maybe get Jamar chase before the dolphins do. But for the most part, probably move it up to get a quarterback. And there's four teams left here that would be trading up to get a quarterback. One is Denver, but there's nobody picking ahead of them who's going to take a quarterback, so they could sit still. The other three are the Bears, uh, the Washington football team, and the Patriots, and they're all so far back that moving up to four would cost them way too much, I think. Yeah, and New England doesn't trade up. Historically. I do think they have a strong possibility to trade up this year. I I I have them moving up in my mock draft, um, but I do think four would be tough. I, I do think four is going to be tough, and and, uh, and teams know that like they don't have to get to four. Really, they got to get to seven, and and 
so I, I think it's going to be tough for for Atlanta to find a willing partner at that point. The Cincinnati Bengals had the number one pick last year. They have the fifth overall pick this year, and the pick is in. Sully had this one. Who do you have the Cincinnati Bengals taking at five? I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking offensive lineman Penny Sewell from Oregon. Um, man, I went back and forth on this pick probably a hundred times, if I'm being honest. Um, you can make a legitimate case for each one, and I don't think you'd be wrong on either side that you went. Um you know, he's 20 years old, and he's just so dominant already. I, I just don't see how you don't take him and, and protect your kind of, you know, franchise player right there. Uh, he's going to affect the game in so many ways. He's, he's not just a pass blocker. He, he can maul in the run game as well. And, you know, so if you throw him inside at guard for a year, you know, you throw him inside at guard for a year. You know, if you move Jonah Williams, you move Jonah Williams. I don't think Riley Reeves moving out from right tackle. But, I mean, at that point, like, you're you're improving a whole unit, in my opinion. Um, and I also think it's just – it's the much safer pick also, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, agree. yeah I agree with Sully 100%. The only thing I would add is the fact that he is the best offensive line talent in this draft. And Cincinnati saw firsthand last year what happens when you don't protect your prize asset. I think that's the way you have to go. I think you have to go offensive line. I guess my question for you is looking at all the grades coming out now, two days before the draft – I see a lot of people have Rayshon Slater rated exactly the same level as Penny Sewell. Maybe that's because Sewell sat, yeah, maybe he sat out a year or two. Well, yeah, so did Penny. So they both sat out last year. Okay. Um, yeah. So so it's not that. And I don't know. I just so you look at at Penny Sewell for the last tape we have of him. Obviously, last year as a as a you know sophomore, true sophomore at 19 years old, and he was just dominant as you've ever seen a player on tape ever in the history of football and and offensive lineman is a position that the older you get just naturally the better you get you become more physically sound in your body techniques a huge deal you learn more and things like that so if you're already this good at 19 the projection for an offensive lineman is pretty easy to see and and i just feel like like penisul is the closest thing to a can't miss prospect you've ever seen um I mean, you talk about Quentin Nelson is like, you know, we all do as, as this all-world prospect, and nobody even knew his name as a, as a sophomore or a junior. Right. You know what I mean? He didn't blow up until his senior year, really. Penny Sewell's tape was as good as Quentin Nelson's tape as a sophomore as Quentin Nelson was as a senior. And like, I think that, like, like really just ranged, like, so so much in, in my evaluation of him. And Wayne, to answer your question on Slater, I think part of it comes down to team need, right? So if I'm the New York Giants, I might rank Slater above a guy like Sewell if I need offensive line talent because a center is definitely a priority. And you could put Slater there. I mean, he, he's very versatile across the line, very talented, tremendous athlete um, already for his size. So I think that that's why you're seeing him ranked. But I think it depends on the team's draft board. It really does. The Miami Dolphins are at number six. The pick is in. And when I was looking at the Miami Dolphins, I honestly think, I know that they traded up to six. They were down there and they moved up. And I think that they are targeting Kyle Pitts. I truly believe that. But in our mock draft, he's not there, right? So they can't have him. So I don't think they move out of that spot. And at six, I have them taking uh, Jamar Chase, a wide receiver from LSU. I think it makes all the sense in the world to take him to give Tua another weapon. I think they could go Slater here because they need offensive line help as well. But I just think that their targets, Kyle Pitts, when they don't get him, they take the second best receiver. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I think um, 
I think it's a it's a scary proposition to have a guy like Mike Gusecki and and Kyle Pitts uh, together as tight ends because Gusecki is a crazy athlete in his own right. Um, but Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in this draft. I think that we could all agree on that. Um, tremendous talent, probably going to have a very long career. I know that people talked about like the breakout season that um, Justin Jefferson had, for example, in Minnesota. I mean, Jamar Chase can come on and put up that production or better. Um, in the right situation. I mean, he is that good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, you talk about Jamar Chase is like a prospect, and it's and it's pretty difficult to find a receiver better than him in the last couple of years. Um, he'd be the number one receiver in in most of these. I mean, all of these drafts in the past couple of years. Um, he's just pretty much everything you want for physically and and you know athletic wise. Um, and I love his fit in Miami. Um, I do think Miami has the ability to trade down here. Um, I, I think they're going to look at this situation and think we have three wide receiver targets we like here. And if Denver comes calling, you know, why would we not take that phone call? Um, so I, I think there's a strong possibility they may move down here. Now, now moving off a guy like Jamar Chase, because, you know, at that point, then you're, wor- you're legit worried that at number seven, that, um, Detroit stays and takes Jamar Chase there at that point because they need a number one, but they could move out too. But I I would look for Miami to move down. Honestly, I've got them as one of my sleeper teams to move down. And just another point to add, because I want to bring this up for Jamar Chase, because I think he's deserving of this recognition as well as Kyle Pitts. Um, You're talking about two receivers in this class in a class where a receiver won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how elite those guys are to be projecting above a guy like Devontae Smith is incredible. Um, I think it speaks volumes about uh, the, poten- the, the potential that they bring to an NFL team right now. To be fair, Devontae Smith weighed 190 pounds. He'd be the number one receiver in this class. But that is that is absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, you weigh 100, absolutely. when you weigh 165 pounds at right. six foot tall, like that, which yeah. was his last weigh in at his pro day, you weighed 166 pounds at six yeah. feet even. That is not a good number. So, um, yeah. but you can't knock what the guy does on the field. Right. But we'll get to him. Yeah. So the Detroit Lions are on the clock now, or the the pick is in with the Detroit Lions and. And this is the point where Sully in our mock draft was like, the New England should be on the phone with Detroit. Hard. I, was like, I was like, nah, I'm waiting. Um, and we'll see how that came back to bite me in a second. But uh, the Detroit Lions, the pick is in. And at number seven, Nick, who did the Detroit Lions decide to go with? Well, speaking of the devil, we have the Detroit Lions taking Devontae Smith. <laughs> um, so we have Devontae Smith going to the Detroit Lions. Um Really, for, for for no other reason, I was thinking, than the fact that they lost Kenny Galladay and they need some playmakers at the position. Um, they don't really have much going uh, for them offensively other than DeAndre Swift, who had some uh, injury health-related issues. I mean, he can be a versatile receiver. You can play him in a vertical-type package. You can put him into the slot. He can play all over the place. Um, you know, you can you can run him out of the backfield if you need to. This guy has the, the talent and the ability to be um, – I think something like a like an Austin Eckler at the wide receiver position, right? Like, I mean, he can play all over. He's he's really, really an elite talent. I mean, the guy won the Heisman. The production's there. It's just a matter of, you know, Detroit's a tough spot for him, but I think they need a guy like him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't love the pick um, because I don't love Devontae Smith 
if in my no trade mock, which is essentially what this is because we haven't had a trade yet, even though we should have, um, I have Detroit sticking and taking Mika Parsons here um, just because I, I think he's just kind of, you know, he just fits kind of what they want to do at linebacker. He's easily the best defensive player in this draft, in my opinion, uh, and is kind of the best value outside of the um, offensive guys. Um, however, Denver's most likely going to trade up to this pick. I would expect them to just to kind of prevent other people from trading up. Uh, you got to give up, what, a third to move up and get Justin Fields at that point. Um, it just makes too much sense, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I, that's personally what I would do if, if I was uh, Detroit. So. Listen, Detroit needs to give Jared Goff something. They need to give Jared Goff I something. Hear you, that's a, is Devontae yeah. Smith that? I mean, Devontae Smith is – uh, no, no, smaller Robert Woods. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, he's not. He's he's not. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Detroit, Detroit's in a tough situation. I'm they not, are, but and that's what I mean. I'm pretty sure they're the they're the uh, Vegas's second best odds to finish with the worst record. It's Houston then then Detroit. So uh, we do have uh, some comments coming in. Uh, just high is uh, Island Fowler, hey, <laughs> and then of course um, Laura. Laura. Hey, Laura. Uh, just saying hi to Dan. See, my family loves you. Or yeah. loves me. Yeah. yeah, they love they love you. It looks like yeah. my, my family couldn't be bothered, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so picking after Detroit is Carolina. I know that there's still a possibility that they look at the quarterback position. I don't think they do. I think they gave up three or four, not first round, but three or four picks to get Sam Darnold. Uh, they still have Teddy Bridgewater there, so are they going to move on from him? Or are they really going to bring in three potential starting quarterbacks? So I, don't, I definitely – do not think that they go quarterback, even though some people are talking about him there. But the pick is in. This is Sully's pick. Who did Carolina go with at number eight? I don't remember, but I'm assuming I went with Sean Slater. You did. Okay. You did. Um, <laughs> I, I truthfully don't remember, but that's what I have them going. Um, yeah. I, I mean, he. You talk about like you talk about teams that have Rashawn Slater higher. I think Carolina would be one of them. I think I think he fits exactly what Carolina wants to do. Um, as an offensive lineman, um, more than Penny Sewell, I guess. Um, so th- he may be one of those one of those guys that's that's rated higher on a, on a certain team's board. But again, you're getting a blue chip guy at tackle, and I think that's kind of where Carolina needs to to go. They they've got some decent weapons in in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Um, I think you know, and obviously Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, protect Sam Darnold. Like you got to protect this guy, and you know, give him a chance. And and I. You know, I think all of us on the on the panel agree he's got great arm talent. He, we think he has the ability to succeed. It's now more or less can he be put in a situation where he can succeed? Yeah, and Matt, and I think the Carolina's coach Matt Rule um, specifically took this Carolina job because of the say that he was going to have in the player uh, positions or, or personnel decisions. Rashawn Slater to uh, to, to me is, is a Matt Rule guy. Uh, Rule is an old school football head. He knows the battles are won in the trenches. He knows to get the ball to your playmakers. He knows in Carolina to do that, you're going to need to protect Sam Darnold, and that's exactly what he does here in this pick. I, I agree with Sully. And it works out great for Darnold, too, who had no protection in New York, and now he right. you know, maybe gets a little bit of protection. Plus, he has a run game now in Carolina if, if yeah. McCaffrey's healthy. And their right yep. tackle, Taylor Morton, is a, is a solid – I mean, he's yeah. a – you know, an easy, a top 10 right tackle. You know what I mean? He's great. So he's going to have a pair of bookends now. And then you, you fix the, the middle, the interior offensive line in the, in the third to fourth round. And you, you know, you've got something going there in Carolina. Yep. Uh, the number nine pick is the Denver Broncos and the pick is in on there. 
I looked at this pick. It could go a bunch of different ways. I think they're going quarterback. I'll get into that in a second. But I think there is st- still talk that they could go defense. They could go Mika Parsons. They could go Patrick Sertan. Uh, they're saying that they are committed to Drew Locke. But despite what they're saying, I have the Denver Broncos choosing Trey Lance at number nine. I think he's the guy between him and Fields that they like better. Um, so, yeah, I, I have Trey Lance going at number nine to the Broncos. I love Trey Lance. I, I, Sully, I'm curious your thoughts on this pick because I love Trey Lance. I don't love him in Denver. I don't love Trey Lance. Um, I like him a lot. But, again, I've, I've said my, my thoughts on Trey Lance. Right. I think he's the biggest project. He has yeah. – He's also arguably the, the biggest lottery ticket. You know what I mean? Like he's yep. got a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks in, in the league. Um, I just don't see it right now. So I don't hate him in this system though, because he's got a lot of talent around him there in, in Denver. Fair. I like Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's stepped onto the field and was a top three route runner in this league. KJ um, Hamler is great. KJ Hamler's a stud yeah. out in the slot. Yeah. You know, Noah Font is an actual weapon from tight end. You know, they they've got like the Cortland Sutton's supposed to be back and and fully healthy, and and then that team is like scary good in in my opinion. Um, so and maybe you give Drew Lock a chance to to kind of start for Trey Lance and then work Trey Lance in, but. I don't know. With Fields on the board, I think they would go Fields. Um, I, I just think he kind of does everything better than Trey Lance other than a runner, and I don't know how important that is to Denver. But, again, I, I don't think you could really miss with either of these guys here at this point. I mean, to get a guy like Trey Lance at 10 is insane. I mean, that's insane. Um, it, you know, it, it's nuts, though. I will say, Wayne, I think it'd be foolish for Denver not to consider a quarterback because uh, yeah. Drew Locke is um, – I don't even know that his teammates have buy-in on him. And it's not just that. Let's say Drew Locke, let's say you draft Trey Lance and Drew Locke comes out and has a tremendous season. Well, then you've got this guy, Trey Lance, that's worth, you know, a boatload too. So you right. know, it's never a bad option to take a quarterback, in my opinion. They retain their value better than any other position. I mean, shit, the Jets just got a second for Sam Donald and the guy was awful for three years. <laughs> that's a good so point. you know that's what I mean? Point. Like, like, I mean – Quarterbacks retain their value. It's never really a bad idea to take one if you feel like you you don't have if you don't have an Aaron Rodgers, if you don't have a you know what I mean, a Tom Brady, yeah. even still a Tom Brady, you should probably take one. But if you don't have a Patrick Mahomes or Russell, like these guys that are cemented and aren't going anywhere, then think about I, I think a quarterback should always be an option. Well, next up is the Dallas Cowboys at number 10. I will say the Patriots came calling uh, for this pick, and I think that this is the pick where it makes the most sense. This one, I, I have that in my draft. Because Dallas, I, isn't, Dallas isn't moving. Dallas isn't moving off 10. I can't, is, they're looking for a linebacker or a cornerback, and that guy's going to be there at 15, so they could move back and get extra picks. See, I think that's where we're all wrong, too. I think uh, I think they move. I think they may move back and, and get the first edge rusher off the board because I think edge is is a huge need for them too. But anyway, I think they're in a perfect spot to move back. Perfect spot. The I think. Okay, Sorry. Nick has the pick, so he'll tell us. <laughs> yeah. So Dallas so takes I, I have Dallas taking the most practical uh, pick in this situation. Patrick Sertan out of University of Alabama. He is the best cornerback in this draft. He is an elite corner coming out of this draft. He is, he fits an immediate need for the Dallas Cowboys because their defense is awful, is putting it lightly. Um, I don't see how they can justify not taking Patrick Sertan. I think that their fan base feels that way as well. 
Um, I know several Cowboys fans who are earmarked Patrick Sertan in this spot. I think that the rumors, a lot of mock drafts I've been seeing have Patrick Sertan going here. It just makes perfect sense. The Cowboys trade out of this pick. These are one of the situations where I can totally understand Cowboys fans creating a mutiny on Jerry Jones. Well, and, and here's my here's my counter to that is, all right, they trade out of 10, all right? The Giants not taking a corner. The Eagles most likely not going to take a corner if Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith are there. Um, the Chargers. We all, well, I see. I think. I think the Giants. Or if Sertan fall, if Sertan goes past Dallas, he won't get past Philadelphia or New York. See, I don't. I think. I think everybody on the planet has Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith ahead of Patrick Sertan. Um, so if the, if those wide receivers are there, they're going to take him. And in and. In this mock, Mika Parsons is there. So, yeah. I, I mean, if the, the Giants or the Eagles will jump on him as well, who's also a universally higher-rated prospect. The Chargers, not going to take a corner. The Vikings, maybe. So then you you go down to 15, and J.C. Horn is – I mean, you're, you're I'm, I think Sertan's the best, but it's just a split with the Slater-Sewell is who's, got, who's the number one corner. A lot of people have J.C. Horn as the number one. So worst-case scenario, you move down to 15 – gain an extra pick and still get a corner you love in J.C. Horn, I, I think it makes a ton of sense. But if you're locked into Sertan, I, I mean, I, I don't hate it because Sertan, I think, has the lowest floor of any player in this entire draft. He is he is not going to be a bad cornerback. He may not be a, an all-pro. He, he may not be a Pro Bowl, things like that. He will not be a bad player. He will be a starter for 10 years no matter what. I don't think his I don't think his floor is any below that. Just he's so pro ready and and already understands the game so well. His floor is so 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 low. I he mean, makes so that Dallas high. defense. Yeah, really he makes he he makes that Dallas defense better the second he puts that hat on. I agree. I think J.C. Horn does as well. But I mean, I agree. It's a low I, bar. Again, it's a it's a low bar on that. Yeah, I, I'm always in favor of moving down. So, yeah. um, and. Then we have our first trade at 11. The first trade on the board was the Chicago Bears trade. Uh, They get number 11. They get number 116. The Giants get number 20, number 164. And they get a first-round pick next year. I am going to say this because I mentioned Sully being a little bit vindictive, and he said to trade up to number 7, and I didn't because I thought I could get my guy at 10, and then Nick didn't want to trade with me. So then I offered Sully the same deal. I said, Sully, I will give you two first-round picks. I get back a third. Right. And, and, and we swap four picks. So I just move up four spots. And Sully's response was uh, the Giants don't want to give the Patriots the next franchise quarterback. So I'm going to give it to the Bears, which I think is a true statement. And it's also it's also I looked at it like this. The Giants, I know, have never moved back. And Dave Gettleman doesn't. However, doesn't move back. He however, move back. there's a ton <laughs> of smoke this year. They're moving. Um, there, there's a ton of smoke that they want to move back there. They are going to move back. Dave Gettleman has left the door open. Um, so I, I, I'm not the only one that is predicting the Giants to move back. I'll say that. Um, also, the Bears first rounder next year is worth infinitely more than a Patriots first rounder next year. So I think that's also where it came into play for me in, in wanting to move back. Washington, I think, is a viable option to make a big jump if somebody like Justin Fields is there as well. Um, if New England – now, I didn't even ask for a counter, which I probably should have. But if New England would have came back with their first this year, their first next year, and their second this year, I'd have, I'd have had to have taken it. 
Um, I don't know if they would have been up for that. I think they should have with Justin Fields. But again, the, the the trade with the with the Bears is more what you're getting next year in that probable top five pick next year in the draft. And like I said, as a bandwagon Giants fan, if they trade if they trade the opportunity to draft a guy like J.C. Horn or a guy like Mika Parsons or a guy, or a guy like, like Jalen Slater or, or a guy like Rashawn Slater, even Jalen Waddle, I can understand. Don't take him. If you pass on an opportunity to take Mika Parsons, J.C. Horn or Rashawn Slater at that number 11, that is absolutely unforgivable. They're in a position to take the best player available. The Giants are very close as a unit, especially a defensive unit. Joe Judge has that team in tip-top shape. You don't trade down in this situation. Well, in case we didn't tip our hand, <laughs> oh. who are the Chicago Bears going to take with that like, now that they got it? Uh, the Chicago Bears take Justin Fields, a uh, quarterback out of Ohio State, who will not be here at 11. Uh, <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah will not, not be here at 11. Um, yeah. But, I mean, if he's there, I'd trade the house for him at that point. I, I, I really do think he's worth every penny of it at 11. You know what I mean? I mean, I think he, I'd trade a lot to get to four to grab him, so I can only imagine what I'd trade to get to 11 to grab him. We have uh, Trey Lance. I just realized we have Trey Lance going above Justin Fields in our draft. So yeah, I have, a, I have it in mind, too, in my real one. I, mean, I, Trey, I like it. I, like I have it. Trey Lance going to San Francisco, and I have him as a worse prospect. I just think he fits better in San Francisco. And yeah. I, I, from everything I hear, their scouting department loves Trey Lance. Uh, but Justin Fields, I, I mean, he fits universally, I think, in, in, in offenses. Uh, they don't have to give up, you know, a ton of picks to get him. Um, because they're only coming up nine spots, uh, and to give up the first next year and then a fourth this year is, is, you know, it's a price, you know, cause again, that first round pick next year is worth gold, but, uh, I think it makes a ton of sense and it, and it really, you know, I think has the ability to make Chicago like legitimate at that point. I will say I was very, very, uh, upset about the Patriots not getting Justin Fields because if I'm being honest, he's the guy I want them to get the most. You, know, you should have traded up to seven. Yeah, well, and that's I didn't expect a vindictive. Uh, <laughs> it's trade like you don't expect vindictive owners in in the NFL, <laughs> then you're wild, bro. Well, not like hey, they were straight up there. So now well, and and here's the like the real like the real truth behind it. So I watched like a a thing from the the Colts in their Sam Darnold trade, and they were like, "Look, we're at three. We just had Andrew Luck. We know we don't like need a quarterback here. We know the Jets do." We're going to charge the world. Like, we know you have four second rounders next year. We're going to charge the world for it. And I think, I truthfully think teams are going to do that to the Patriots. They're going to be like, look, we're not setting up another dynasty. Like, give us the world or, or no, or kind of figure it out yourself. Um, I think you underestimate how many people around the league hate the Patriots. <laughs> I believe it. Um, and that brought us to pick 12. And of course, I'm sulking at this point. Um, but. I wanted to, to stay in character as doing what I think is going to happen, what I think the Eagles are looking to do, and I think they're taking a wide receiver, and it's going to be uh, Jalen Waddle here at number 12. I think that's he's the best receiver left on the board, and I think that they desperately need somebody for Jalen Hurts to throw to because their receiving core was absolutely – I can't name one of them. I can't name a single one of them. Oh, of course you can. Aguilar. Right. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar. Who's the Aguilar? Was the Raiders? Yeah. Oh well, then I, I don't know. Case in, case in point, we can't name anybody. Uh, <laughs> Greg Jaylen Ward, Rager. Greg Jaylen Ward, Rager, yeah. and Jalen Rager. That's right. Um, who I actually oh, yeah, like Jaylen a lot. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jalen Rager. Um, so it's not shy running. I think Jalen Waddle's better than Devontae Smith. So I love the pick here. I think he has it. Look, I mean. 
for the rest of time now, like people compare quarterbacks to Patrick Mahomes, a lot of people are going to compare receivers to Tyree Kill. And, and Jalen Waddell is not Tyree Kill, but he is the closest thing you're going to find to Tyree Kill in this draft. He gets from zero to 100 faster than any other player in this draft. Um, that includes Rondell Moore. Um, he is just a freak of nature. Um, I'm pretty sure his short shuttle was a 409, which is just, I mean, absolutely insane. He's just insanely quick and talented and the the truest playmaker in this draft, in my opinion, at the wide receiver position. I wouldn't be surprised to see Philly take a take a corner here. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do that. Mika Parsons that, here makes a ton of sense right, right, as well. Right, right, um, right. I, I wouldn't I don't, be – you know, we talked about the Giants taking Parsons. You know, Gettleman takes linebackers as often as he trades down. So uh, I don't know if they go Parsons, but I think Philadelphia may be keying in on Parsons here. But I wouldn't pass Waddle either, if I'm being fair. So Yeah, but Gettleman, I will give him credit. He also does take the elite talents when he sees them. He drafted Saquon Barkley second. So, I mean, you, you know. That's worked he, out he, for you. Uh, I mean, yeah, I did year one. You can't predict injury. One. Who went three that year? Oh, Sam Darnold went three that year. That's right. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, you're never going to Sam Darnold. I mean, <laughs> honest, Sam Darnold can't be worse than Danny Dimes. Let's be real. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in on Danny Dimes. I'm still in on Danny Dimes. Well, what gives uh, credence to the Parsons take for the Eagles as well is that uh, I did read a report today. Again, all smoke. Everyone's blowing smoke right now. But the Eagles basically came out and said, or somebody came out and said on their behalf, they love Quiddy Pay. They think that he's phenomenal. They really like him. They want to take him. I don't think. They, I don't think they could take him at twelve. I mean, I think they trade back a little bit, right? But I mean, you could. Yeah, you if could. theoretically you could. I mean, that's where like I I think Jalen Phillips goes pretty high. I I. I I don't know. Like this edge class is so weird to me because again, I don't think you want to be the first person to take an edge because I don't see really difference between Quiddy Pay and Jason Owe, you know, at one through five. And that's depending on how you have them with Jalen Phillips, you know, um, and Aziz Ojolari in there as well. And then Joe Tyron too. Uh, it's just, you're going to get the same guy at 30 as you are at 12. If you pick one at 12. So that's, that would be my issue with taking one, but I don't know. Again, if you're if you're going to try and tell me they have Jalen Waddle as or they have Quiddy Pay as a better talent than Jalen Waddle, I mean that's just woo. <laughs> uh, the LA Chargers are, pick is in at number thirteen. And again, this is Nick's pick. So, who did you have the Chargers going with? I have the Chargers protecting their biggest asset, Justin Herbert, with the kid from USC tackle Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, to me, this is a no brainer. I do think it's possible the Chargers trade down. Um, in this draft, but while we while while they didn't do that in our mock draft, I have them here. Um, this makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Guy that played it, uh, kid that played at USC, um, elite tackle talent. Quite frankly, I mean, I think that he's he's very very good. Um, at, at his position, he's not going to be a guy that you can really move around, in my opinion, on the offensive line. Um, but again, he protects your greatest asset, which is Justin Herbert. And that defense is already pretty good. This pick makes the most sense to me. See, I, I disagree on a lot of fronts there. Um, he's, in my opinion, better at guard. Um, he was a guard last year. Not last year, the year before. Yeah, um, two years ago. Two years ago. And and only allowed a single pressure all year. 
um, is, is I think, an elite, elite, elite guard. I do think he can be a good tackle, but I just think he's like an elite, elite guard. Um, I, I like Christian Derisaw here. I think Christian Derisaw is, is just a really kind of special tackle. Um, I, I think he's just a notch behind these other guys, Slater and, and Sewell. But again, I don't hate the Vera Tucker pick. I don't, I don't not like it at all. I think he has every chance to go there and, and be a great player. And, and again, as long as you're protecting Justin Herbert, I think it's great. In my mock, I actually have them trading up, and and you know Penny Sewell drops past the 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 Bengals, and I have them trading up and grabbing Penny Sewell, um, or or Rashawn Slater for that matter, whichever one they like more. But I, I think they're in a, a real kind of keen spot to maybe if a tackle drops to to move up and, and get ahead of a team like the Giants or, or somebody like that and and try and grab a tackle. But again, as long as they get somebody that's protecting uh, Justin Herbert, I don't care what they do. Yeah, and it was tough for me. I, I really did have to decide between Darisaw and Tucker and, and Vera Tucker uh, with this pick. I went Vera Tucker simply for the California connection. Kids playing yeah. at USC. He would stay out there. You know what I mean? In California. No, I mean, just, again, there's nothing really yeah. wrong with it. I, yeah. I, if Penny Sewell if, if drops away from Cincinnati, um, Joe Burrow needs to request a trade immediately on draft day. <laughs> again, maybe it's, we don't know. Maybe it's Joe Burrow pressing Jamar Chase because he wants his boy in there. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. So, well, and, then and, Joe and, Burrow's and, an idiot. The Joe yeah. Burrow's an idiot. You know what I mean? Uh, because the rumors are is Justin Herbert's pressing his front office to move up and get his guy, Penny Sewell, who played, we played with at Oregon. Yeah, at Oregon. That's right. Um, so, so those are the kind of the rumors floating around there is, is he's kind of pressing them to, hey, look, if he drops at all, we need to go get him. Um, so I, I'd love that either way. Again, like I said, as long as they come away with a tackle and start protecting Justin Herbert, because he was the number one passer while under pressure. That's a stat that changes every single season because it's yep. impossible to kind of re- duplicate that success. And so I don't think, you know, if he's put in that situation again, I, I doubt we see the same things out of Justin Herbert as we did last year. Yep. The uh, Vikings pick at number 14. And this was Sully's pick, and I know you said uh, Vera Tucker. You can go wrong either way. Who do you have uh, with the Vikings? Christian Derisaw, uh, the offensive tackle here. Um, gotta protect Kirk Cousins. You gotta, gotta protect, protect your. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, he's just a smooth mover, big guy. I, I mean, plays with a great level. I, I'm a big fan of Christian Derisaw. I think he's got a chance to go higher truthfully there's there's talk that the redskins uh the football team live feed folks that the football team want to move up and and grab christian derisol they're they're in love with the kid apparently um want to keep him in virginia kind of you know that same area so uh, i if he goes at 14 i think it's it truthfully i think it's a steal so uh, but again there's a, there's i think there's a ton of talent at the top end of this draft and then it probably like pick 15 16 i think it kind of falls off um and and then it's it's a little different in talent in my opinion, but uh, man, I think Darisol, Vera Tucker, whichever way you have them in this in this spot, if they're there at thirteen fourteen, they're going thirteen fourteen. Well, the Patriots are on the board at number fifteen, and this is the whole reason that I picked where I did was so I could have the Patriots. I got uh, told to shove it at number ten. I got told to stick it at number eleven, <laughs> and so I had Should've to moved up with- to seven. I had to stick with 15, and my philosophy is this when it comes to the Patriots. If they don't move up, if they stay at 15, they stay at 15 to get either Patrick Sertan or Mika Parsons. If both of those guys are gone, I think they trade back. In our draft, the Patriots take Mika Parsons at number 15. He's still there, and I think what a phenomenal fit. Uh, obviously, Hightower is coming back, but I think that this guy 
with his four three eight forty and just his nose for the football and just everything about him. I think Bill Belichick's going to be in love, and this is a guy who's going to be a defensive captain for ten years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at this point, it's a it's a steal at fifteen that I don't really. He may be there because of his off field stuff, and really just right. people undervalue off ball linebackers, you know, but. I don't think he'll be used as an off-ball linebacker. If I'm being honest, in you know, in in this scheme, you know, he'll blitz. I'm guessing 80 percent of the time, you know, and be used as a rusher from different spots. Which, if you can watch on tape, that's what he does best. The kid moves downhill like no other. Now, obviously, he's agile and, and has the ability to cover as well, and, and won't be a liability dropping back. But his strongest suit is moving forward, diagnosing plays, and and just essentially beating guys to the spot because that's what he does so well. Um, and and you know, he's a perfect fit in that defense. Blind Brian Flores' defense. Um, I, I think well, the Patricia's I, defense now. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I know. I'm saying other defenses he'd be yeah. good in. Um, you know, schemes like that that are that are kind of man heavy. That that New York Giants. The New York Giants. That, I, you know, <laughs> that are man heavy. That rely on blitzing from from places to get pressure. Uh, I think he's just going to absolutely excel in and. You know, obviously, if anybody's going to bring the best out of Mika Parsons, it's it's going to be uh, Bill Belichick. Who? Yeah, and I just and, I just remembered has Huskies. I mean, how how can I not love Bill Belichick? Right. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> I, I I love Mika Parsons here. I think if you're New England, you almost have to uh, take him. There is the off field questions. I realize that, but I follow Penn State football for a really long time. They've had some really talented linebackers come out of there. Matt Rule was one of those talented linebackers, but you can go. You know, Sean Lee, Sean Lee, uh, LeVar Arrington, Paul Puzlusny, all guys like that. I mean, they, they they bring out some really talented players at linebacking positions. And LeVar Arrington said himself that he's never seen a talent at the program like Mika Parsons. That speaks volumes to me. I think the thing that I liked about him when I was putting the game film together or trying to go through and put the highlights together, he really reminded me a lot of Jamie Collins, who I think did really well in that Patriots He's way more. He's way more athletic than Jamie Collins. I, yeah, I think he can drop back and cover much better than Jamie Collins. But the way he yeah. attacks downhill is very Jamie Collins esque. Yep. Again, a guy who can blitz that efficiently and, and yet still not be a liability dropping back is is really difficult to find. It's a bigger Isaiah Simmons. So you hit the nail on the head. He's a bigger version of Isaiah Simmons. Uh, at number sixteen, we have the um, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this is Nick's pick. So who did they go with? Um, I have them going with J.C. Horn and the University of South Carolina. Um, I can see them beefing up the defense. If J.C. Horn, guy like that's available here at this pick for Arizona, I think you've got to scoop them up. I mean, what they just grabbed Malcolm Butler, right? Um, so, you know, great guy to pair with, with Malcolm Butler. And to Sully's point, I think Sertain is the best corner in this draft, but I also think that it's close. And J.C. Horn is that guy who's up there with Sertain. Um, he's a He's a – great cover corner he's i think that he's versatile enough to be able to cover your slot guy um i think he's good in press coverage situations and arizona likes to gamble a lot with their schemes so i think that he fits in that system as well but i'm curious i saw these thoughts on this oh he fits to a t i mean they i don't think he'll excel in anything but press man um And, and that's what they run. And, I mean, he's just – he's going to have to be less handsy. But, I mean, you, you don't mind a guy coming in and being handsy. He just does – I mean, he mirrors receivers and plays so well in man coverage. It's scary. And that's exactly what they run a run there in Arizona. So, I think it's a perfect pick. I think Christian Barmore is a, a very good option here as well. 
Um, I, I think they're going to need to beef that defensive lineup. They've essentially got J.J. Watt and really nobody else because, you know, we can include Chandler Jones and things, but they play edge rusher, not defensive line. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a little different. But regardless, I, I would go J.C. Horn here. That's what I've got them going in, in my draft as well. So, right. Good replacement for uh, Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Um, the Oakland Raiders uh, – I'm sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, <laughs> pick is in with them at number 17. And Sully, uh, I have a take on this, but uh, who did they go with? Uh, they go Jalen Phillips, uh, edge player out of uh, Miami. Um, this was a rough one, I think, for Vegas because this is where I think it's tough to to draft for for need in this spot because I don't see any needs that that really line up with value here um, outside of edge rusher. I don't I don't think Cleveland Farrell is obviously the answer. Um, and uh, Max Crosby is, is purely a rotational player, in my opinion. You come in and get a guy like Jalen Phillips, who is everything you look for in an edge player. He's tall. He's long. He's athletic. He's strong. He's he's physical. He's, he's everything you want outside of, you know, the concussion issues. Uh, former five-star recruit, so he's got the pedigree. Uh, I, I think he's just a guy that that um, Gruden and them are going to fall in love with over there in Las Vegas. I was surprised, Sully, that you didn't want to pick uh, you, pick somebody to uh, protect your boy, David Carr. <laughs> I don't, I don't love, I don't love the tackle options there. Yeah. Um, um, Tevin Jenkins is is probably my next best tackle on the board, and and I don't. I, I don't love him at, at 17. Um, I, I, I don't have him, you know, as I've got him at like a, you know, I think I've got him at like 30 something on my board, you know, 28, something like that. So I don't love him at 17. You know, I'm a, I'm a board kind of stricken guy, dude. I'm going to take yeah. the best player. I think that, that, you know, can be used, you know, not necessarily fills a need. So uh, uh, that's where I went there. You know, I know Jeremiah Russo Kamara is getting a ton of love there, but, he doesn't fit whatsoever. Yes, they need a linebacker, but not one like Jeremiah Usakomora. So I don't think he fits there at all. Um, I wouldn't love Christian Barmore there. I, I do love Christian Barmore. I don't think I'd love him there just because I don't think he has the impact that a Jalen Phillips has. So I um, When we were preparing, I'm looking at who I'm going to pick next, and my pick was coming up for the Dolphins here at pick number 18. Um I really had my heart set on Jalen Phillips. I was like, this is the guy I'm taking. I figured there's no way that Sully was going to take him. I didn't think Nick was going to take him before I did. So I thought, ah, this would be a perfect pick for Miami. Because like Sully said, I think Miami needs a tackle here, but it's too high to take anyone who's on the board still. So edge is their next need. And I thought, Jalen Phillips, he's from Miami. Like he, like Nick did with the hometown connection. I thought, perfect, we'll have Jalen Phillips in Miami. And as soon as he's – I may have called Sully a profanity. But I had to change course fairly quickly, and I took uh, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan for them. They still get an edge. It's uh, not the guy that they wanted, but it is uh, the guy that the Eagles apparently wanted six picks earlier. So I guess in that sense, it's a decent pick for them. Uh, I like it. Um, I think – at this spot, I think Jeremiah Wusukormora is a hundred percent the pick. I think Brian Flores would sprint the card in. Uh, he is built to a T for that system, uh, and I, I don't see really any way they would be able to pass on him. Now, 
I do think edge rusher is a need. I do think they end up getting an edge rusher in this draft. Um, so I don't, I don't dislike the pick at all. I actually have them trading back into the first round with um, New Orleans to take Quiddy Pay in my draft. Um, but again, that's at like twenty-eight. Again, that's just where I feel safer taking these edge guys. Uh, but yeah, with Jeremiah Wusukormor on the board, I think they jump all over that. But I don't, I don't hate the pick whatsoever. At number nineteen, uh, I'm not going to call it a reach, but um, this reach! is a, this is the first one I thought might have been. Uh, who did the Washington Football Team decide to take here? I have the Washington Trench Football Armstrong. Team. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have the Washington Football Team taking the finesse blocker that is um, Alex Leatherwood from the University of Alabama. I think um, they need to protect their asset, which is Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point. And um, the defense is already elite, right? Like they were the top-ranked defense in the NFL last year. I think um, he played a really good left tackle, albeit on a very good offensive line unit. Um, but I, I, I think that there is room for, for Leatherwood to grow, right? But I can see him high on teams' draft boards because of his skill set. I mean, his biggest issue right now is his strength. Right. That's something that, that that can be coached up, in my opinion. And I think like Ron Rivera is a perfect guy to coach that up in a player. So I could see Leatherwood a lot higher on boards than right now what he's projecting. I have him going there. I realize, you know, Sully had talked about like um, Tevin Jenkins, for example, or a guy like that, uh, maybe in this spot. But I, I went Leatherwood. Uh, he's got the pedigree. He's blocked some really good defensive talent at Alabama. And I think he's going to be higher on draft boards than a lot of people suspect. I don't know. I just don't, I don't see. I can't get behind him this high. Um, I I just can't. I know they. I agree they need an offensive, but this is where those. So this is the instance that I talk about why teams fail, in my opinion. You've got a need. You're setting a need. You draft a guy at a position of need. Well, he's probably like the 40th best player on the board. So you take him at 19, and you're in a spot where it's like, ah, now we're trying to fit this guy. You know, take the 20th best player on the board. You know what I mean? Like like they've got a need at corner. Caleb Farley's right there. You know, I know it's a gamble, but Caleb Farley's, I think, a great fit for, for Washington. You know, um, you know, even Greg Newsom, if you want to go there, um, you know, you're eventually going to have to pay all these guys. You know, this uh, Duran Payne, uh, Montez Sweat, um, uh, Chase Young, all these guys you're going to have to eventually pay. Maybe draft a Christian Barmore so you don't have to worry about paying Duran Payne. Uh all of those things, I think, make more sense than reaching for a need, um, in my opinion. Now, do I think Alex Leatherwood is going to be a decent player in the NFL? I actually do. I think he's going to be a very successful guard in the NFL. Um, but would I take him at 19? I probably wouldn't. Um, I do think it's the first kind of like real reach of the draft, but there's going to be one. Like everybody's going to have. And every- why not the Washington football team? They exactly. don't even have a name. I, I, they don't even have a name. Exactly. I gambled on the yeah. reach. You guys gambled on the trade. Hey, I, I understand. I'm not, not, I didn't <laughs> knock the pick. I just said I yeah. couldn't get behind it. Uh, I, somebody's going to have a player higher than I'm going to have a player on a board. Plain right, and simple. Right, you know what I mean? Like, right. like teams are going to do that. Now, thank God Seattle's not in the first round, so we don't have to worry what third-round prospect Seattle's going to take in the first. Right. But, you know, it, it, you know, you never know who else is going to throw a monkey wrench in there. And, and I guess I could see somebody falling in love with Alex Leatherwood. I think somebody – like Samuel Cosme has a, has a better chance of going a lot higher just because of his pass blocking traits and his success on doing it both the left and the right side. Um, but, you know, it, it's again, it's not a terrible pick. I do think it's a reach, but I don't think it's a bad pick. 
Shit, Wayne would have Samuel Cosby going going top ten if he had if he had his say. I love me some Samuel Cosby. I'm not gonna lie. So, <laughs> well, and what I'll say about the pick is that you're talking I, who, people who love uh, Leatherwood. I love Alex Leatherwood. I actually think he's going to be a really good football player in the NFL. And I kept thinking, like, man, everybody's got this guy projected like 55, 45. I'm like, somebody's going to get a really good player late. And then when you took him so high, I was like, "Why well, wouldn't I take him?" That <laughs> <laughs> it made it made me think. Like, and I've had this conversation with people, right? Is like, if there's a fourth round cornerback, projected cornerback, right, and you take him in the first round, and he turns out to be Deion Sanders, like the guy who everyone is compared to from here on out, it's still a bad draft pick because yeah. you could have gotten him three rounds later. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. No, I get you. And that's I like get you. that's a huge statement that I don't think a lot of people understand. You you have to understand the and that's what we're talking about with Mac Jones to San Francisco earlier, is if even if Mac but Jones the gamble, turned out to win four is, Super Bowls, if you could have got him at seven because of the rest of the league feels like you could have got him at seven. I don't I don't love the trade. But again, I digress. It doesn't matter. Quarterback I think is an outlier too because right. it, it really affects the entire franchise. Yeah, and my whole th- my whole thinking behind it is at this point for like a tackle or a needs based pick for the Washington football team, it's like I couldn't necessarily justify a guy like Cosme or even a guy like Tevin Jenkins. I mean, I couldn't. I, I could see it going any which way. I went Leatherwood because I think that you know I'll take a guy who blocked in the in the SEC, and I think a lot of NFL teams feel that way too. I, I understand. I mean, I take a guy like I think. I think Rashad Bateman fits really well there too, but uh, I mean, it, it, it's all going to depend. I don't, again, right. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I have them trading back. So I can um, see that too. That was, I was going to put a caveat saying I could see him trading back. Yeah. I got them trading back because uh, reports are the jets love Tevin Jenkins are actually absolutely in love with him and Pittsburgh as well and Tennessee. So all those teams are literally at 21, 22, 23, you know, they're all right there. Um, I think one's going to have to move up and I've got, I've got the jets moving up cause they have the most ammo. So I've got them moving up and taking Tevin Jenkins at 19. Now, again, he's playing right tackle at that point because you've got the hog Molly playing left. So, um, I think that works a lot better. I don't think I love Tevin Jenkins in Washington system at left tackle. He's a power guy. So yeah. now at number 20, it's time for the New York giants to make good on that pick. They traded back. Um, who are they which, taking at which with the 20 pick? Um, I'm taking a guy that I bet Dave Gettleman literally thinks about when he's with his wife, um, and that's Jason Oway. I hope not. I hope uh, I hope Dave Gettleman does not think about Jason Oway that highly. Um, I'm a Penn State guy. I don't think about Jason Oway that. You should. I think. I, I, think, I don't know, man. I've seen Jason Oway play. I, I did a lot. I think I he was him. criminally underutilized at Penn State. They had him drop back into coverage and things like that. They did. Um, and and they not really kind of exc- yeah they they had to and not really exclusively rush the passer. Um, he is the biggest athletic freak we've seen in a long time, but he also I think knows how to put it together. Um, he's for for only being two fifty, he is stout against the run. He anchors really well and is able to play. Now is he going to be your strong side defensive end? Of course not, but he, I don't think he's a liability. He's never going to get mauled over in the run game. And, and truthfully, if, if, if there's anything I know Dave Gettleman loves, it's athletic defensive linemen. Um, I think he would really enjoy the chance to, to move back, gain a top five pick next year, most likely, and then also get an athletic defensive lineman. Um, the linebacker class is incredibly deep. I understand Mika Parsons is head and shoulders above, but there are plenty – like Nick Bolton in the second is a real possibility. And, and you know, um, 
Jabril Cox in the second is a real possibility. Shit, even Zayvon Collins, although I doubt he plays off-ball linebacker now that he weighs 270. But, I, I mean, there's a lot of linebacker talent in this draft. Shit, even Jeremiah Wusukoromora may go here at this point um, if Dave Gettleman really falls in love with, like, that that hybrid linebacker kind of, kind of play. Um, but, yeah, I just love Jason Oway's ceiling. I mean – a guy at 6'5", 250 that runs a 4'3", but also moves laterally as well as he does is extremely difficult to find. Dave Gettleman, so, I will say if you're listening to this show right now that you made a great hire in Joe Judge and you look like a genius for that Odell Beckham trade. And if you do this, <laughs> you will be you will people will be calling for your head if you trade out of that 11. Unless pick. Jason Oway comes out and has 10 sacks here one, dude. If that happens, I'll eat these words. Save the report. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he could be Dwight Franey. He could be uh, Barkevius Mingo, right? right. I don't yeah. see Barkevius yeah. Mingo because yeah. I think he's just—he's not as frail for one. Right. Um, like he, he's very—he's much more stout. But um, think more Josh Allen for the Jags. I think is is a decent comp for him. Um, now, granted, I don't want him playing off ball that often. But I think that's like kind of the athlete and and player he can be. He's a project. He's, He's a, a project. huge project. Huge project. So I had mentioned earlier that Sully's vindictiveness cost me uh, <laughs> Justin Fields early, but this made me laugh late, which is I was shopping the pick at 21 for the Colts because I had a guy in my mind who I want them to take, and I felt like I could get him later. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, well, 21's on the board. And Nick came in and said, Nobody wants it. Teams don't trade for picks in the 20. And then uh, Sully said, uh, like, three teams did last year and two the year before. And then he private messaged me. He goes, I think the Browns are sitting number 21. <laughs> so this so. is a trade I actually have happening in, in my actual mock as well. Now, granted, Jeremiah Wusukormo is gone in my draft. Well, spoiler alert, the Browns take Jeremiah Wusukormo. <laughs> um, the, the linebacker slash safety hybrid for um, from Notre Dame. So this is a trade I actually have happening to begin with anyway, but it's for Christian Barmore, who I went back and forth on who I wanted to in this pick because they have nobody at defensive tackle right now, absolutely no one. And Christian Barmore fitting into that defensive line with Jadeveon Clowney and then Miles Garrett just makes a ton of sense. But I am probably Jeremiah Wusukormo's biggest fanboy. I think he is the bee's knees. Um, I really do. He... He reminds me so much of Tyron Matthew that, like, it's scary. Except he's bigger because he's, you know, 6'1", 212, but he moves the exact same way. He reads the game as well. He rushes the passer as well. He's just a guy who I cannot see being a bad football player. Like, plain and simple, take all his athletic ability away, and he is a great football player. Now, add into the fact that he's a super insane athlete that – can probably redefine the linebacker position. And, I, I mean, it's just – I think he's everything you're looking for in the in a game where, where you're getting more speed on the offense, so you've got to get more speed on defense. And so your linebackers have to have the versatility to cover, you know, running backs and tight ends and things and, and also still be able to defend the run. And that's a Usukormo in a nutshell, in my opinion. What I love the most about him, uh, again, putting together the highlight reels and basically seeing all the plays is the motor is always running. He never slows down. He's 100 miles per hour across the whole field the whole time. It's a, he's Tyron Matthew. I'm telling you, like he's just six two or six foot, 220 pound Tyron Matthew instead of 5'8", 170 pound Tyron Matthew. 
at number 22, the pick is in. We haven't done the jingle in a little bit. And uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, who did they go with that? I have the Tennessee Titans taking Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. I actually really like this pick. I know, Sully, you, you like the pick, too. I, it was weird because, like, a couple months ago we were having conversations about Caleb Farley potentially being the first corner taken in this draft. Um, so After pro days and things like that, that sort of – tempered that that kind of expectation but i think it goes to show you the elite level of talent that he brings to a team and i think he's a perfect fit um quite frankly in tennessee i think that they're going to be looking to obviously uh replace uh jackson who uh adoree jackson who went to the new york giants um and caleb farley i think there are other corners left too they're they're down both their starting corners from that's what i mean so they i mean this is a need this is a need for them and if caleb farley's there i think it's quite frankly caleb farley could be the steal of this draft if he goes this late yeah the issue with him is his back so he's had microfusion back surgery right um which is the tony romo back injury right and um also who else somebody else had the same thing and the issue is is it's usually a reoccurring thing. So like in four or five years, what's he going to be, you know, is he, is he going to be the same? Like, yeah, he may be the same athlete he is now for the next two or three years. But a lot of those times those guys play declines and falls off a cliff. Um, So that's kind of the worry with him. Talent wise, he's easily the number one corner in this draft. He's going to run a four, two, he's six, two, he's two ten. He's, he's a monster. Um, I love him. I, I like again. I have Washington gambling on him um, in my no trade mock, and then Greg Newsom. Um, I have going here, but again, I think I think the pick has to be um, uh, a cornerback, in my opinion. They're just they lost both their starters, their starters, and this is like the range I think that just fits for both of these guys. So, in that twenty three, the New York Jets are selecting where the Seahawks would. This is their Jamal Adams uh, compensation. And the pick is in for the Jets. Sully, who did you have them taking here? I just mentioned his name, and, and that's Greg Newsom. Um, he is just flown up boards. He's he's such a well-rounded player at, a, at a Northwestern. Uh, it, again, these kids are only 20. Uh, it's just wild. Um, so he is not the same as J.C. Horn. Well, J.C. Horn is, is a press man. That's all he is. I think Greg Newsom's a little better on off coverage. Now, again, I don't think he's he's going to be in a bind if he plays man. I think he's a little more versatile than, than J.C. Horn is. But what J.C. Horn does in man coverage is just so special and so coveted by teams, he's going to go much higher. Um, but Greg Newsom, when it's all said and done, like dead honest, may be the best corner in this draft. Like his ceiling's so high. He's such a fundamentally sound player. Um, he's, he's uber athletic. He's, he's not – He's not like the the most stout guy. You're like, like he only weighs 190. You'd like him to get a little thicker, you would think, but like I don't think he gets bullied either. So it, it, you know, it, it's just kind of pick your poison with him. But I love the fit there in, in New York. So there's rumors they may move up for him and not attack. So that'd be crazy if they uh, moved up and took a corner. Um, I mean, corner's such a big need for Jacksonville, though. I mean, for uh, for for New York, like the Jets need a corner bad, and I feel like if if they fall again, you know, the way analytics is trending in the NFL, cornerback is is more valued than than edge, and so you you're gonna see a lot of corners go go really high. Well, at uh, twenty four, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers 
And I know a lot of the mock drafts, and I mean a lot of them, have him taking Najee Harris here. Um, they do need offensive line help still, and I kind of subscribed to Sully's philosophy. I don't know if the Steelers do. Uh, don't take a running back in the first round. And so I had them taking Samuel Cosme here at tackle from Texas, a big six foot seven, you know, uh, monster of a guy. He plays Steelers football. He's a down and dirty blocker. Uh, I think he fits in there perfectly. I love the pick personally. I, I truthfully, I love it, love it, love it. I don't expect it to happen. Um, I think they go either Najee Harris or Asante Samuel Jr. here probably, but I would, I mean, I'm a huge, huge, huge Cosme fan. I think he starts at left or right tackle for them immediately day one and is a player you can count on. Um, I, I, I just don't really see a lot in his game that like you don't think's going to be good. Like he mirrors well, he, he deals with second moves. Well, he's, he's a guy who's in the, the film room all the time and talks about it all the time. And those kind of guys usually succeed on the offensive line. He's a smart player that, that again, succeeded on the right side and the left side, which I think can't be said enough in today's game. So I love the pick. Do I think it'll happen? Absolutely not. But I love the pick. I just don't <laughs> think I don't think the Steelers would ever do that. I think, I mean, shit. There's talk they're going to take Landon Dickerson at 28, which, which I don't hate. But I mean, if you take Landon Dickerson over Samuel Cosby, I mean, that's just wild to me. But they love centers in in Pittsburgh. They love centers. So I know uh, Nick wasn't a huge fan of the pick, and probably especially since I had criticized the Leatherwood pick, and then make <laughs> a little bit of a reach myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's okay. I mean, it's okay. He was your guy, so I knew he was going to go in the first round. If if Tevin Jenkins is there, the Steelers will take him though um, over Samuel Cosme. Um, they, their their the reports aren't aren't shy about them really being in love with him. So I would I would expect I did see Tevin Jenkins is on the board. That will more than likely be the pick if he's available there. Uh, Twenty five, Jacksonville's second pick. And they went, obviously, quarterback number one overall. But, Nick, who do you have them taking uh, here at 25? I have Jacksonville uh, taking Trevon Morig from Texas Christian University. I, I actually – so, truth be told, I didn't know a lot about him. Uh, and I have a um, – my boss, actually, is a Texas Christian alumni and watches a lot of football, told me to check him out. So, I did watch a lot of film on him. And um, he is the type of safety who will make – a four three receiver looked like they're running a four six. I there were there was film that I watched uh Trevon Mori playing um and he looked bored at times as to how well he was tracking down the opposition receiver. Um he's just good. His hips are good, his hands he's he plays tight in coverage, he's a free safety, good size gonna run run a four or five, and he fits a need for Jacksonville. They have a pretty decent defense, but they could use some help in that safety position. And I think they go there because I th- I do think Morig's the best player available for for based on need at that pick for them. I don't know if I see the pick, but that's just truthfully because I don't know what Jacksonville's going to do. I love Trevon Morrig. I love the fit. Yeah. I love the pick. I love it all. I just don't know if I actually see Jacksonville doing that. I think it'd be hard for them to pass on like a Kadarius Tony there, um, a Rondell, a Rashad Bateman there. I, I, maybe uh, an offensive lineman. I thought maybe too, an offensive right? lineman. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. a, like you know, granted they're gone in our board, but if like a Samuel Cosme or, or somebody like that's there, I think they may do that because Alex Cam Robinson. Motherwood. 
because Cam Robinson's only on the one-year franchise tag, so I think they're going to have to figure out tackle. Um, now I think they're set on the inside, but I think yeah. they'll have to figure out tackle, especially too because Jawan Taylor I don't think is anything special at right tackle. But I mean, you hit Trevon Morrig on the head. The guy is, I mean, he holds the record for most pass deflections by a safety um, in in you know the PFF era. Um, he has. I think he had 13 last year, which is just insane from a safety. He's just always around the ball. He's got a nose for it. He's not going to be a box safety, but he has the ability to come down and make plays in the box. Uh, I, I love his overall game, and, and honestly, he fits any team. So yeah. so any team that, that needs a safety is going to need uh, uh, Trevon Morrig. Uh, so I, I, I like it there in, in Jacksonville. I have him going to Baltimore, but I, I like the pick at Jacksonville. I, I, I like the Baltimore fit too, uh, to be quite honest. I like him a lot. Uh, when I watch the tape again, he closes really fast. Mm-hmm. And the thing I like the most about him is he is such a good tackler. Like he yeah. tackles so well, um, which I think free safeties don't necessarily always usually really good in coverage playing right. that again, the free safety playing the ball in the air, um, which he does well, but I think his tackling ability is really, really impressive. Yeah. He's, he's an impressive football player. Uh, at 26, this is the pick that the Colts traded back for. Uh, they got their guy. This is actually the guy that I was looking at at 21, and I really wanted to get at 26, which maybe is why I kind of pass on the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> but that is um, Tevin Jenkins. And I got to say, I didn't know a whole lot about him. And watching the film, putting together the highlight reel, I got to say this. This guy mauls the crap out of everybody who lines up against him. I mean, he throws them. He, he's just he's an absolute animal. Um I, I think any offensive line would be love having this guy. My issue is he's a pure right tackle. Um, I don't see him being able to play left tackle in the NFL. And they already have Braden Smith at right tackle. So I don't necessarily love the fit. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of Tevin Jenkins. So, you know, if they're able to make it work with him on the left or maybe move Braden Smith to the left and then move Tevin Jenkins to the right, then then so be it. Um, I think they'd be hard pressed to pass an edge here, um, but again, which one are you going to take? I, don't, I, I, I like Aziz Ajilari, Aziz Ajilari here, um, but I, I'm not really sure. Um, I think they'd love some help next to DeForest Buckner, but I think they're in a tough spot here too. If if they could, I think they'd trade back again from this pick. Honestly, um, I have a question. Could we envision a scenario where the Dolphins perhaps trade down? Into the ability to get a guy like Trevon, uh, to get to get a guy like uh, Tevin Jenkins, trade back because up. To, yeah, of course. To, because because the the my thinking behind that is to Sully's point, he is a right tackle, but you have a left handed quarterback in Miami. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think, I mean, maybe I'm just overthinking it, but I, I just it sounds like it would be a fit there too. No, they I, need I, I mean, they need all, they do now. My, I think that now Robert Hunt played well. So right. I think they're going to give him a shot. And then Austin Jackson's still, I think, the youngest tackle in the league, even with this incoming right. draft class. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so yeah. Um, so I think they need help at center and, and guard more. Um, but I, I, I would not discount them trading back up for a player. Again, I'm always a fan of putting an, an elite tackle at guard because I think they'd be an elite guard at that point. So uh, if they do move up for Tevin Jenkins, because he is a road mover, he will. I think he'd be every bit of a successful right guard or left guard in the NFL. Uh, and, and then, it, honestly, if, if 
uh, Austin Jackson fails, then maybe you got a left tackle there or a right tackle at that point and put Robert Hunt at guard. I don't know. Any offense, anytime you're adding offensive linemen, I think you're doing something good. So they're going to get hurt and you're going to need replacements. So, so the Ravens pick at 27. And this was, we did this before they traded uh, Orlando Brown. They got the Chiefs first round pick. There's a lot of, again, smoke that they're going to trade these two late round picks to try to move up and get a wide receiver like uh, Jalen Waddle to help out Lamar Jackson. But we didn't have that at the time. So I had them taking a linebacker. I have them taking Jamin Davis, uh, athletic. Uh, long. I just think that he plays again, plays 100 miles an hour. Watching the tape on this guy, he doesn't take plays off. Uh, again, six four, two thirty four. I think he's just like the perfect uh, fit for them. I think uh, at like a middle linebacker spot. Uh, yeah, I do think he's a good fit. I'd have loved to see Zayvon Collins here. Um, I mentioned that in the in the chat. Um, I just think he's a little bit more what they look for. He's six four, two seventy. He's not going to move as well in coverage as Jameen Davis, but he's going to rush the passer much better and I think kills the need of linebacker slash edge that they just kind of like um, where you can be like a 4-3 end or a, or an outside linebacker. Um, and then also, like you said, they mentioned they're they're heavy in play for a wide receiver. Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, I would bet my life one of those three would be the pick here. Um, so, but again, I, I, I don't I love Jimmy Davis as a player. Uh, I think he has a shot to go much, much, much earlier. So, yeah. yeah that was my thing, too, is I think in a uh, kind of a steal because a lot of guys have him in their mock drafts, like 14, 15, 16, you know, and so I think getting him at, you know, 21 or 27, whatever we're at, is uh, pretty solid. I mean, I think a lot of guys do that. At it. So, I mean, I think positional, you know, value is, is vastly important in the draft. So I would never spend a, a, a draft pick on a player that um, I, I'm not spending like a top four contract on it. And by that mean, I mean, you know, quarterback, uh, offensive lineman, defensive end, uh, corner, things like that. Things that are going to be, you know, $20 million a year guys, I think are the guys you need to be drafting in the first round. So then you don't have to pay those guys again, essentially, um, you know, because the biggest waste I think you can do is give a guy who's not elite a second-year contract or a second contract, essentially. Uh, the Saints pick at 28. And who is uh, Jameis Winston? Uh, is, is he going to be happy with this pick? He better be happy with this pick. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I have the Saints at uh, the 28th pick taking Kadarius Tony from the University of Florida, wide receiver. Um, they have to replace Emmanuel Sanders, in my opinion, and Kadarius Tony's ceiling is Emmanuel Sanders. Um, that's that, that's how I view him. I view him as that type of receiver. I think he fits into that system perfectly. It pained me to take Kadarius Tony over Rashad Bateman because, uh, as, as Sully knows, I am a huge Rashad Bateman guy. Bateman doesn't necessarily fit because of Michael Thomas, in my opinion, whereas Kadarius Tony can play inside. Um, you can put him in that slot position. He can take those Emmanuel Sanders-type opportunities in New Orleans. I agree. I'm a big Kadarius Tony fan. Um, I could see Elijah Moore here as well, and I could see Rondell Moore as well also. I think right. any of those three slot guys kind of – I think you could fit into there. Um, you know, the, the difference between Kadarius Tony is, you know, he's six foot 190 and not – five, eight, like the other two guys. Yep. Um, so I think that's going to uh, lend a lot of teams. Also, he's, 
he does not play like he's six foot one ninety. You watch him and his highlight tape and the way he is aggressively running the football after the catch. He's so hard to bring down, in my opinion. Um, I'm, I, you know, obviously I'm a Florida guy, so I'm going to homer up my guys, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kadarius Tony. And truthfully, I think he goes higher than this. I have him going Jacksonville. That's, that's where I have him going. Um, Urban Meyer, that Florida connection, baby. Um, but, and I think, you know, he would fit extremely well into, to, into that offense as well. So I think but, he thrives. I think he thrives playing next to Michael an, Thomas, elite, sure. a, yeah. an elite guy like he did in college. I mean, he yeah. thrived off playing Kyle Pitts. Playing off Kyle Pitts. So he's a big bodied slot receiver. I think of Muhammad Sanu. No, he's not that big, though. So he's six foot 190. I don't know how big yeah. Muhammad Sanu is. I think Muhammad Sanu is a bigger guy. Um, think more like Maybe. Robert Woods. You didn't like the Emmanuel Sanders comparison. No, I, I do, because Emmanuel Sanders is 5'11", 180, 190. I think he's a yeah. solid. I do think Kadarius Tony is, is more electric than Emmanuel Sanders, though. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I do think Emmanuel Sanders is a much better route runner. But, again, these are things that Kadarius Tony can learn. Yeah. Uh, Kadarius Tony was a pure option route runner, which I think is I – don't, I don't love with Jameis Winston, but I do love in Sean Payton's offense. I mean, that's all Michael Thomas runs is option routes. You know what I mean? Are you running a, an out, an in, or a curl? You know, that's all he does because he's not going past seven yards. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. And then at 29, the Green Bay Packers. Um, they're going to take Rashad Bateman here if he's there, uh, the wide receiver from Minnesota. I hope they do. I mean, gosh. you. I mean, at what point do you start giving the guy some help? Rashad Bateman. Is there a better fit in this entire draft? I don't think that there is. I don't, I don't like, think that there is. This is literally a match made in heaven. If, if honestly, if they, if Rashad Bateman's available and they don't make the pick, I bet Aaron Rodgers retires right then. <laughs> uh, it, it just, this kid was tailor made for Green Bay's offense. He can work the slot, he can work the outside. He is. Built. I mean, his biggest strength is how he gets off the line of scrimmage. You will not stop him on the line of scrimmage. You won't. You won't do it. So, if if you give Aaron Rodgers a guy who he knows is going to win off the line of scrimmage, which he has in Devontae Adams, and then you give him another one of them, I mean, that's just a match made in heaven. I love this pick. Do I think it'll happen? Absolutely not, because Rashad Bateman doesn't get past the twenties, in my opinion. But I, 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 I mean, this pick here is just. Mwah. I no. love Rashad. I love Rashad Bateman. I think, yeah. and, and the thing about Rashad Bateman is, and so you know this, he's listed at like six two, but given his reach, he plays like a wideout who's six six. I mean, he's only right? six I mean, foot, which which sucked. He shrunk two inches from his listed weight to his pro day. But I agree, his catch uh, radius, yeah. his catch radius is big. His um, reach is. I mean, and he catches yeah. everything he throws at. Him. He does. I mean, that's his, the thing. His, his catch radius is elite. Um, and not just again, he, so he's done it multiple ways. So when Tyler Johnson was there, he was the outside receiver and, and was extremely successful there. And then the way Minnesota runs, they put their best receiver in the slot. So then they moved, um, Rashad Bateman to the slot once Tyler Johnson left and Rashad Bateman blew up and broke all of Tyler Johnson's records. So I, I, I just don't see any way he doesn't succeed. Now, granted, Green Bay's very, stubborn in their ways they draft like i draft you they will take a defensive lineman an offensive lineman a quarterback or a corner and that's really it that they're going to take in the first round they do not deviate off, off of that very often um they take key positions and key positions only 
Now they very rarely take skill positions. Now I don't know if they if they decide this is finally the year because Aaron Rodgers is tired of it. But if Rashad Bateman's there, they're taking him. Tackle's a huge need for them too. So you know, Rashad it, Bateman in Green Bay could be the best receiver in this draft, not Jamar Chase. A hundred percent. Well, and you say big reach radius makes him look play looks bigger. I make I think of another Green Bay receiver in uh, Devontae Adams, exactly. who I swear I thought was six five. He's only six one. He, uh, honestly, if yeah. I had a comp for for Rashad Bateman, Devontae, Devontae Adams, just not. I mean, not quite that elite yet, but like that's his ceiling. If he gets to his best player, he's Devontae Adams. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't need much, quite frankly. You throw me out there in the slot, he's going to find me open. I just have that's to catch it. And not just that, dude. With Alan Lazard and and Martin Valdez-Scalding, and then you add a guy like Rashad Bateman, who's a legit threat at that point, that receiving core set. You don't got to go out and invest a ton, but get right. one difference maker like Rashad Bateman and that team who's been in the NFC Championship twice, maybe now they get over the hump. Right. At pick number 30, we have the Buffalo Bills, and this is where Zayvon Collins goes. I think that they need help with the linebacker spot. Uh, I guess if I didn't take Davis, if I took Collins for uh, Baltimore, then probably uh, Davis would be here as well. I just think that that's their biggest need, and I actually think that this is the perfect spot to address that need. They're not overreaching, I think, getting one of these guys. I agree. Uh, now, granted, I think it's, I think Jameen Davis is a better fit in Buffalo and David Collins is a better fit in Baltimore um, only because of the recent added weight and essentially what he does. Um, Zayvon Collins is a guy who's just going to play downhill pretty much all the time. You don't really want to see him in coverage. Um, but at the same time, especially now, now he's his last way and he was six four two seventy. Um, so he's even increased his weight since his other pro day. So it looks like teams are maybe telling him, Hey, look, we want you to play edge kind of thing. Um, we want you to be more like that player uh, because otherwise I don't understand the weight gain. Uh, it's only going to make you less athletic. And when you're a linebacker, I think you want to be as most, more athletic as possible. But I do agree linebacker is a huge need. Nick Bolton's a fit here too, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't hate him going here. So uh, I, I do agree. Aziz Ojolari, the edge there, I think is a good pick as well. Um, speaking of, I think I'm going to change the next pick on the fly on you guys. I know it's not my pick, but <laughs> – I was just going to say, uh, Baltimore uh, gets the pick. We didn't have that when we did our draft. We asked Nick if he wanted to switch it up and uh, switched it up uh, after the fact. Yeah, and I I went um, Aziz Ajulari uh, to Baltimore. And, and, and to me, it made sense. Um, he's very toolsy. He probably fits. Uh, to me, I think he has the potential to fit or replace a guy like Judon, who they lost, right? He's going to be a bit of a project. Um, that's what it is. I mean, he tore his ACL his senior year of high school. Uh, you never like to see that for a super young player, but the dude's an athlete. I mean, flat out, he's an athlete. He can get to the quarterback. Uh, very long, very quick, uh, pretty smart player given his age. He's only 20 years old. I think I like Agilari a lot. I also think he's actually out of the top five edges. I think he's the most NFL ready. Um now, granted, I don't think any of them really are, but I think he's right. the one that, that could step on and, and per perform like right off a rip. Um, but considering the the huge amount of smoke behind the Ravens in a receiver, Elijah Moore would 100% be the pick here. Um, he just fits that team to a T, too. Um, I, I think he can really excel in that offense. I don't love Devin Duvernay out of the slot, um, and I think Elijah Moore would provide a much better weapon out of the slot and then give – No, I don't think anybody gets open quicker than Elijah Moore in this draft class, and so I think that would be a huge asset to Lamar Jackson. 
But again, well, this pick was kind of on the fly, so we were just kind of rushing. Right. right. The last pick of the first round here is the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's Sully's team. You forgot and, something before that. What's that? The Super Bowl champion. Oh, okay. Super Bowl champion. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this is the steal of the draft. This I don't think will ever happen, but Christian Barmore here at 32. Uh, talk about a luxury if, if Tampa Bay is able to land him. I mean, geez Louise, the guy dominated, absolutely dominated the college football playoff, um, made first-round picks look terrible along the Ohio State line. And, uh, ooh, excuse me. And, uh, the, the, damn, who else did they play? I can't remember now for the life of me. It's driving me nuts. Ohio State? No, who's yeah. the other team? Oh, uh Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. Just absolutely bullied Notre Dame, too. Uh, well, he was, I, mean, I, know, I know, I know. That's not difficult. Right. Um, but but Christian Barmore is, in my opinion, the only defensive tackle in this class, pretty much worth a darn. Um, I like Ali McNeil, too, but beyond that, it's it's a huge drop-off. Um, but, again, for the Bucks to be able to get him at 32, I think there's a need, too, because we've gotten Endemicon Sue on a one-year deal that probably won't be back. Uh, and then you put him next to Vitove and – that's scary. I mean, that's scary. Well, that wraps up our mock draft. We appreciate Wait, Wayne. Oh, go Wayne, ahead. Can, I, can, can I do the our Mr. Irrelevant, who would be the first pick to Jacksonville in the second round? I just have to say it as a Penn oh. State. It's going to be Pat Fryermuth. It has to be Pat Fryermuth. There's no in way. The first pick. In the first pick. It's in Travis the Etienne. Round. I was thinking Etienne. Yeah. No, no, Etienne. no, 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 no. All that money end. says it's Travis they, Etienne. They, they need a tight end so badly. And Fryermuth fits because he can block. He catches everything. Sully, you projected him as Jason Witten. I think – I mean – I like Tommy I, Tremble a lot too, though, and I think you can get him into the third because he's Kyle Juszczyk in my opinion. Fryermuth to Jacksonville. That's my take. I mean, that'd be a reach. That'd be another reach. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm the reach guy. Now, Travis Etienne at the top makes so much sense. They need that kind of secondary running back to James Robinson, in my opinion. Yeah, but James Robinson's so so similar, and they need a tight end. Who's their tight oh, end? Oh, James Robinson. Who's their tight end? Who cares? What I'm saying, Trevor Lawrence needs a weapon. Framworth can block for their existing running back. Who is yeah, ball. Travis Etienne's a weapon, not Pat Fearmuth. He is not oh, a weapon. Oh, oh, <laughs> he is oh, not a weapon. He's a, He's a good player, trade. not a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, follow us on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook now, obviously it's at Infinity Sports Podcast. On Instagram, at Infinity Sports Podcast. And on Twitter, at Sports Infinity 5. Uh, we certainly appreciate everyone sticking around, listening to the episode. We do have – Hopefully a humongous celebrity endorsement that's going to be doing a nice little read for us. Uh, so fingers crossed. Uh, was it hopes and prayers, everybody, you know, to help us get it. I'm not going to say who it is. Cause I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. But uh, I think we have it's a really, really dope. It's going to be huge. Is it Zion? Is it Zion? It is. <laughs> How did he guess it? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, Kenny, uh, where are we at with the draft? 